your, the immune system sees the virus, but it's called super priming, and you actually develop this huge immune response, and the symptoms are sepsis. So you can go from being very healthy to when you come across the common cold, getting very sick in three or four or five days, and you can die. So, or you can get very sick. So they did a study on American soldiers of the flu vaccine in 2017, 2018. And in the study, it said 36%, so one in three of the soldiers who were healthy got sick. Not directly after the vaccine, but when the next one, and, it, and they said it was because those vaccines were made on dog tissue that has coronavirus. And so when they were then being super primed your body, super primed in a bad way to when you were exposed to coronavirus again, and then the next winter. So why I came out and spoke in May is that uh, it was known that there was an issue with coronavirus in last year's flu vaccine. And in Ireland, the Irish Medical Council came out and said the solution to this coronavirus pandemic was to give everybody the influenza vaccine, which was known to have this super priming issue with coronavirus, which up to one in three people could be severely, and they wanted to give it to the total population of Ireland. So that would mean at least a third of the population would be very sick. And I was concerned that that would take like two weeks. So they were going to vaccinate or recommending the total population during lockdown. So that if they, it takes two weeks for the body to prime the immune system. And then if they release lockdown at the end of May, people would come out in the middle with coronavirus and then you could have huge numbers of illness and death and that they would attribute that to the so-called second wave and then do more lockdown. And of course, if one in three healthy soldiers were sick, if you give that to the elderly population that take the flu vaccine, you could have huge amounts of death. And I also thought it was irresponsible, you know, because it was well known and nobody was communicating this issue. And as well, uh, influenza vaccine is not a solution to coronavirus, right? It's absolutely the wrong thing. So, of course, I got a lot of backlash then about that, but it turns out to be true. But of course, the rule is, can you remind us, because it's not just using in this, is it? No, no, it's you not. Know, yeah. It's really important, I think, that, that the world and the broader community understands this, and not just Professor Dolores Cahill. No, no, that's true. No. How many other... So I suppose there are, like, Doctors for Truth in Germany, over a thousand doctors, Doctors for Truth, you know, nearly every country in the world. So um, when I started speaking out in my interviews, I asked for people to contact me. So in May, 12 countries around the world, you know, contacted me and they started to build organizations around the world, Doctors for Truth and Lawyers for Truth. So then in July or so with Dr. Mohammed Adil, uh, we set up the World Doctors Alliance. So we, we are connecting, you know, thousands of doctors. And now just uh, in November, we set up the, um, the World Freedom Alliance because doctors and lawyers, but what was happening, multiple things were happening is that doctors and professors like me that were saying this were actually you know, getting pressure in our jobs. And Dr. Mohammed Adil and Senator Dr. Scott Jensen were fired, you know, people that had unblemished reputations. And so, so there's the issue around the vaccine that this, you know, injecting someone with corona in an influenza vaccine can cause this super priming and illness. But the issue would be that that was just a trace in an influenza vaccine, a flu vaccine. But if you were to make a coronavirus vaccine, coronaviruses are the common cold and flu. None of them have been really licensed in 17 years for SARS-CoV-1. 
the cold institute never had a vaccine in 40 years because of the issue of illness and death associated with this cytokine storm super priming so what i've been coming out is if you make a corona vaccine you know the next flu season when coronavirus comes across the country for everyone you could have huge amounts of illness and death and they might be saying that that is to do with the you know, corona or the second wave but the symptoms could be like sepsis. So sepsis is if you get an infection, you know, and then it goes septic, it goes like pus. And in some people, they were well, they get, a, you know, some kind of cut, and then they go downhill, you know, they feel very unwell, they sleep, and they suddenly go into organ failure, and you can die within like four or five days. And so why I want to make people aware of this is that if people start dying of sepsis, you can be treated with vitamin C. You know, but there is an issue why a lot of people are dying in hospital. Is that like I had sepsis for seven years due to a medical error, and I never got told about vitamin C. And I was like in a coma for four months and in and out of hospital over from 2005 to 2014. Managing sepsis was where you feel exhausted, you have a fever, but if you keep working, you go into organ failure. If the antibiotics don't work, you go into, you know, in and out of a coma. But it was only when I really looked into it after I had a life-saving operation that I could have had injected with high-dose vitamin C multiple times and I would have been fine. So of course then I really went into this medical error. So what I want to communicate to people is if people start dying of sepsis or getting very ill, that is an adverse event. So you won't be dying of the symptom of flu. But of course the other thing is these vaccines, they fast-track so that they don't do the animal studies. So in the animal studies, the animals would die They'd be fine after the vaccine. They would expose them to coronavirus and the animals would all die. And of course then they couldn't be licensed. So now what they've done in this coronavirus is said, we're not gonna do the animal studies. And there's been serious you know, illness associated with the clinical trials. Yeah. You know in the clinical trials of these ones, now as well, which is wrong, they're only monitoring the adverse events for maybe five days. So while they say it takes years to do a vaccine, a lot of the time people think it takes years because they're studying the adverse events for years. But now they've actually brought it down that the adverse events are only studied for like five days. And if you don't develop the disease within a week, it's not included on the table of adverse events, so therefore you can't claim. But the reason is like most of the adverse events, your body has to break down. So you're not gonna have the autoimmune disease for months. And now they're saying, they're just not really doing rigorous clinical trials at all. So just to be clear, I've said that if you gave me a million pounds or 10 million pounds, I wouldn't take their vaccine, even if I had to go to prison. Dennis, question. I'm just um, um, saying, you're saying that they develop sepsis. Is this not a, also a product, uh, sepsis being a product of um, bacterial pneumonia? So that's a, that is a different thing. So so one of the, it turns out that if you get coronavirus, now of course it's hard to know, they haven't identified what the causative agent is of coronavirus, but there is an issue of people breathing and in the lungs. And it looks like that your immune system is suppressed and if you have bacteria there, you know, you get this as a side effect, that there are clotting in the lungs due to bacteria. But I suppose what people need to understand is that you have a beautiful immune system and you can boost it by vitamin C, C and zinc, taking them every day. And then your body, even if you come across viruses or bacteria, your own immune system will keep you well. 
So a lot of the people who are getting those kind of symptoms of clots in the blood uh, is because their immune system is suppressed. And if they had bacteria in, the, in their bodies, that they would make them sick, you know. But the re way to get around that is eat well, you know, don't be stressed, and make sure you have vitamins D, C, and zinc, and then you won't. So they're two different things. Yeah. May I ask a question? Yes. Um, just to reinforce what was said here, really, in 1986, uh, a, a commander unit woman, a force commander was in, uh, in Taunton, was sent to the, um, to the Asian jungle, and we were, we were tested upon want of a better word, really? by the medical officer. So we looked into some 800 patients who were being tested upon. Um, we were given the jab antibiotics, and it was based upon, you'll agree with this, it was based upon your service number. If you were an older or even, you got placebo or of this jab. Bizarrely as that sounds, and reinforcing what Simon says, really, it's one of those, like, you're a squad, you drop your trousers, there you go, taps. And did you know what it was for? Absolutely not. Many men were ill as a result of that. Many men got Extra days off, which again is bizarre in the military, as I'm sure we've asked for. Um, my question leads to that, leads on to really the, the, to the fact that how do these men, how, what recourse have they got for that? Because because decades later, many of my friends are ill as a result of it, and it, you know, it hurts me to say this that they're ill. They don't produce you know, red blood cells. They've got some wow. bizarre kind of stuff. All medical records. I know I know a number of the, the sergeant majors at the time. They will vouch for this that all those medical records of those 800 odd men have disappeared or been removed from their records, including my own. Um, luckily, I'm an even number, so I was given the placebo. But wow. you know, I've seen and I've witnessed this that many, many of these men are ill and have died of some, have died at any age, in their 50s and stuff. Um, what do they do? How do they go about that? One of my friends I'm thinking about, he has been to a, a Paris to Bordeaux, all that kind of stuff, and they have the argument that was well, prove it, and by the way, you can't afford it because it's into the hundreds of thousands. So I suppose, first of all, it's entirely wrong, right? So I mean, why I am chair of the Irish Freedom Party, uh, and uh, you know, very that's more political because what people like, especially around the vaccine issue. So, so that obviously freedom of speech, freedom for medical information is really important, right? Even though I know it might sound like they're very different things, free speech, but actually you are entitled to free speech is where you talk, but also you're entitled to receive information. So you, you should receive information. But of course, we all have fundamental rights of bodily integrity. So whether you're a soldier or not, you know, that we have a bond in society and it's our fundamental right that no one can do anything to our bodies without our permission. But to give permission, there's a whole like field of law around the um, ethical issues around anything that's done by the medical profession, whether they happen to be in the army or not. Right? So that they are, you, it is unlawful for anyone to do anything to your body without your consent. And you can only give full and informed consent if you have the information. So you need to get the information and you should have a signature. So it's I mean, entirely to my wrong. Knowledge, all those medical records have been removed, gone. So of course under GDPR, so you still are in the European Union, right? You are entitled to your information. So actually if someone, you know, if you were to write so, I mean, I'd be very happy to tell you as veterans how to do it. And uh, I'm hoping to retire to study adverse events in medical error, right? So we have this World Freedom Alliance, which I'm president of, about 40 countries. We're aiming to bring it all around the world. And the World Doctors Alliance. But what I'm saying is that no one, you know, they, sh they cannot, they sh it is unlawful if they try and force a vaccine on children. 
and I'm, they should not be recommending vaccines for anyone without testing them properly. And they should not, I'm saying as well, be given vaccines in a work situation. They shouldn't be, the vaccines should not be distributed in the schools. They should not be a requirement in your work. They should not be a requirement at all for you to travel. But particularly, you know, just think about it. There hasn't been a safe vaccine for corona, for RNA viruses like corona ever. Okay, and they've done tons of clinical trials. Everybody sees there's a huge market. You can make huge money. And the pharmaceutical industry makes 70% of its profits now from vaccines. But if they're not going to actually, if they're not safe, what they're doing now is skipping the state, the animal studies in these vaccines. So they're not safe. So the recourse, I suppose, I would be saying is don't get the vaccine in the first place, right? So what I've been speaking out is that if, if, you know, on behalf of other people, if I am required in my job to get a vaccine, I would say no, and then take legal action as a precedence case. So what we're doing in the World Freedom Alliance is we have groups of doctors and scientists, but we also now have thousands of lawyers around the world. So I was in Germany yesterday with uh, doctors for, uh, or lawyers for, like a group of lawyers, lawyers for clarity or whatever to defend people. So up to now, it's cost a lot of money for lawyers to defend people. So what we're doing is getting the lawyers are volunteering around the world, thousands of them in this World Freedom Alliance, uh, that we will take precedent cases in countries for free. So say if you are a parent and the school says your child cannot go to school, or if we're going to travel, that you can't travel, you can't get a passport without a vaccine, that is entirely wrong, right? You should not be forced to get a vaccine, you should be able to say no. And so what we need to do as ordinary people is go behind precedence cases and say no. So what I would just say to people is, if they say your child can't do this, first thing is to say no, right? Just don't do it. And I'm saying as a precedent person, if they force it on anyone, that I will say, I would say no. And then if they find me, I won't pay the fine. And if we're required, you know, if you then turn up to travel somewhere and you're not allowed, then that you say, I'm taking legal action. Or if they say you have to do it, which they're threatening, I will go to prison, right? As a precedence case, you know, so we have to world, say no. From a soldier's perspective or a serving person's perspective, one of the things that I've outlined is that they have the potential, if they know that they're going to be vaccinated down the line, which all soldiers will be because they're frontline people, that they have the, they, are, they also have the possibility of serving a notice of liability, do they not? Yeah. Exactly. So that's right. So what we've been doing, yeah. So what I've been doing legally, so it doesn't cost any money, is around this notice of liability. So around COVID-19, the government are saying the medical justification for all these lockdowns and all the interventions like masks and social distancing and quarantine is about there's a public health emergency. But in COVID-19, if you take vitamins, you actually, the chances of having any illness at all is vastly reduced. And there are drugs like hydroxychloroquine. So actually every COVID-19 death is unnecessary, it's a preventable death. So what we've been doing in Ireland is writing to the doctors and the coroners to say who signed these death certs and what treatment did they get, okay? So therefore, the, and we will look, including in Northern Ireland, that most people die because the doctors didn't give them a treatment. So if no one would die if you got treated with hydroxychloroquine, there's no public health emergency and therefore there's no justification for the lockdown. And if there's no public health emergency and no justification for the lockdown, there's no justification for a vaccine. So we are in this whole lockdown scenario because they are not making prevention available and treatment. So it's a bit like if we were back in uh, 1935 
and people were dying of pneumonia and there was antibiotics available and that the government was saying to the doctors you cannot give people antibiotics to save them and they were saying oh my god we have this huge emergency based on people dying uh, of pneumonia and then the doctors that were speaking out going but no we have this safe effective antibiotics why aren't you giving it to them and they're firing the doctors and they're censoring it and people media like the BBC are not allowing anybody to say look we have antibiotics and then they're saying, well, you have to have a vaccine because we have all these pneumonia deaths. So what we're doing for notice of liability is saying, wait a minute, like in pneumonia or COVID-19, there is a safe, it's the World Health Organization, safest drugs, some of the safest, the most essential, essential medicine that the world is, the world, is hydroxychloroquine. So that will save everybody. So it's, the question should be, why in, in the UK, like in Australia, a doctor can go to prison for six months for prescribing hydroxychloroquine, safest drug, one of the safest drugs in the world. So the question shouldn't be about PCR tests, it should be, why are our governments not giving safe and effective treatment? For example, now to the elderly, one tablet a month from October will mean they won't even have flu. It may be, it works for influenza. There is no legal justification for the lockdown and there's no requirement for vaccines. So just to crystallise that from a service person's perspective, the way I understood that is that me as a serving person, I have my own inalienable rights to maintain the integrity of my body. And if I believe that as a result of a vaccination that I'm about to be given to by the military organisation, I can serve that person a notice of personal liability. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't clear. Yeah. So one page, okay, notice of liability. So on the World Freedom Alliance, we now will have doctors and lawyers so we will have a draft, it's one page. Yeah. So what we're saying is that you just then say, if someone's you know, giving you a vaccine, you have one page to say, I will take your vaccine, mm -hmm. but you, Mick, you will actually take all the liability if I suffer any illness yeah. for it, yeah. for your whole life, mm -hmm. and that you would not take the vaccine, whether you're a soldier or not, right? That you, because these things now go on for 40 years and maybe on to the next generation. So you say to the nurse, or whoever's giving it to you in the army or in your school, you put the individual person on notice. And we are putting doc lawyers then behind people that they can say, well, look, you know, because before that you didn't have enough money to take lawyers. But in the World Freedom Alliance, we will have lawyers that will take precedence cases for free. So, and also lastly, I would say, I'm actually working, uh, trying to inspire a home defense network because in Australia, they can now break into your home Five people or whatever can hold you down and force vaccinate you. So that's a breach of all of your rights. And so I'm working all over the world now and I'm delighted to be with the veterans that we need to have a home defense network so that if you're in a village somewhere or on the street that you can ring. And so it's about defending your home. It's defending your right to have full informed consent and give permission, but also defending your right to bodily integrity. And what people may not know is that the government has now brought in the laws under the COVID Act, which are entirely unlawful, that if your child's temperature is high, the school can send your child to a detention center and whatever happens to them, you don't know. And even if your child dies there, you have no redress from about three weeks. So that we need to put the teachers or those nurses taking the temperature. First of all, they have no right to take your child's temperature information or yours. It's private health information and they are not entitled to take it. And under GDPR, you can sue the nurse for 50,000 per temperature take. 
So that's the kind of thing we want to do, is that if that happens, like there was a video from England, remember? Mm. Where a, a mother made a, like a short video saying that her child was vaccinated in school and she didn't know. So what that is precedence cases, that is entirely unlawful. So we're trying to bring the weight of the world's lawyers. So we're working with like Rocco Gelati in Canada, Rainer Fumig in America, um, all over the world. So we want, and England has the best legal system. So what we want is people to do notices of liability. But if you get forced vaccinated, right, that people will contact you, the veterans, and that we will take precedence cases. And what's, what's planning out is that they are, they've made it now so that someone like a security person, you know, can, not from our countries, can be paid maybe a thousand pounds a day to go around door to door and vaccinate people. And so they don't know what's in the vaccine and then they're not medically professional. So we want to make these one-page letters available so on your door you could stick them and then say, I have rights, and if you come in, it's actually you're breaking and entering, and that we will then either call the police, but if the police don't do anything because the police have got unusual orders now, that then we would have this like 12 or 20 neighbours would come that the veterans might train to actually almost potentially arrest that person. You know, if they say, if you say you don't want it and they go away, that's fine. If they force it, you would have a notice of liability. But if you don't want it, that you would have 12 or 20 people trained by the veterans that would just either arrest them or just stop them doing it. And if, if it happens anyway, we will take legal cases to sue the person, you know, for their whole lives, for any adverse event. Because they might think getting 500 pounds a day to force vaccinate people is a good way of making money. But if there's like the world lawyer saying, we will sue you. So that if someone develops headaches or multiple cirrhosis yeah. and you will sue them for the next 40 years. And so then suddenly it doesn't look that, you know, economically like a great deal to start vaccinating people. Yeah. And that's what we want to do is to stop this. There is a treatment for this COVID-19, whatever causes it. There is no need for the lockdown. And we need to take, we're trying to take legal cases all up to say that the individual prime minister is causing much more harm than good. And in English law, it's a crime of malfeasance. If you are in a public office as a civil service or a doctor or a coroner, a prime minister or a minister, you do something wrong, you lose all the protection of that office and it's 10 years in prison. So we're actually well, taking those cases. We, we know that one of the most formidable dormant forces in the UK at the moment is our, is our veteran community. Our allegiance is also to our regiments and, and families and, and our communities because that's the reason that the majority was signed to defend those people that could not defend themselves. You know what I would like to say is a thank you to the lawyers. I think we can sort of wrap this session up. Can I say just yeah, one yeah. final thing? Yeah. We've talked about this notice of liability. Um, I may not have heard it, but there may be people that are listening to this that you put this out to and say, where can I get that? Yeah. Is that available on your website? Well, we only just set up the World Freedom Alliance, so and we will be looking for donations, but what we're we will be doing it probably. We have a meeting, hopefully in Copenhagen, if we're not arrested, uh, on the 20th of November. So we will have it then. And we, we also support Lawyers for Liberty in the yeah. UK with uh, Robin Tilbrook. But I think what people need to say is that we, you know, US soldiers and veterans, and I'm delighted to be here, have a bond, right? Yeah. And we as scientists yeah. and doctors have a bond. Yeah. But it's actually been broken, right? So actually, you know, mandatory as well is not compulsory under law. So just because someone says you have to do things, you have to say no. You know, the veterans have to say no. Yeah. And we do notice of liability to push back. And then we are very grateful as well to the lawyers 
that are helping. You know, so if you're a veteran, your child is forced vaccinated, or you are forced vaccinated, you have to say no, do a notice of liability, and then we need to defend ourselves to stop them, you know, actually forcing vaccinating. And it's all unnecessary. COVID-19 was a treatment. There is no need for the lockdown. Can we, can we give Dolores a round of applause? <laughs>